Good morning, everyone. Great to have you with us on the Big Sports Breakfast this Friday, the 16th of September. And I'm sure there are many Australian broken hearts this morning after a crushing result to the Wallabies last night. And what can only be described as suffering a two-point loss, 39-37, to 37, in the jaws of victory against New Zealand. They were trailing 31-13 to 13 at one point, and somehow the Aussies managed to claw their way back to a 37-34 to 34 lead with just three minutes to go. Then, with a penalty right in front of Australia's own goalpost, all number 10 Bernard Foley had to do was kick the ball in the touch. That would have seen Australia take a line-out up the field, but he was pinged for time-wasting by the French referee, Mature Raynell, which means the Wallabies' Bledisloe Cup drought since 2002 will continue for another year. Heartbreaking stuff. Good morning, Loz. Good morning, Pup. What a way to lose. Unbelievable. Good morning to yeah. everybody. Um, at one stage there, I thought the Wallabies were going to get flogged, and then I was nearly going to go to bed, and I thought, no, I'll watch a few more minutes of this game, and then the Wallabies scored, and then it was game on, and then they hit the, the lead, and I'm thinking, geez, they're going to hang on here to win. I've never seen a penalty like that before uh, in terms of time wasting in rugby. I don't know whether it's happened before, but it'd be heartbreaking for the Wallabies because they got themselves in a position to win that game. Um, you know, we've discussed it this morning. You know, we're sort of disappointed that it happens like that. Only question I've got is that I think he was wasting time, as everyone does in that situation. But I want to know what the referee was actually saying to Bernard Foley because it seems as though he didn't know that the time clock had been restarted. It looked as though he thought the time was off and my understanding is if the time's off, you you can have that time wasting or, you know, have the forwards over there in their little group having a bit of a discussion about what was going on. But if he's said that the time is back on and you've got to use the football, then you have to use it. And if you don't, then you can be penalised. So I I don't understand the rules enough. But what I can say, it was heartbreak for the Wallabies and the Wallabies supporters last night. Yeah, well, Loz actually made an interesting observation, which we were discussing, Pup, that the players behind Bernard Foley Mm, were blowing up Deluxe and yelling at him. So I wondered whether they were maybe looking at a time clock that was perhaps on a, a big screen. But, I mean, you've both been professional sportsmen when you when you have the, you could see the elation when they were three points in front, you know, and, and it looked as though the game was theirs. Yeah, to lose that way, oh, that's got to hurt. Yeah, morning boys, morning to our listeners. Yeah, devastating. There's no doubt about it. I, see, that's I. That's what I was talking about. I, I, the players were all screaming at Foley to kick the ball. So I, I thought maybe he made an error, but then now, like even after the game, listening to all the commentators speak and everyone that knows rugby uh, a lot better than I was smashing the ref. So I was a bit confused. I was like, well, has the ref made a mistake or like penalised Australia or the Wallabies, you know, for for something that never happens in the sport? That's how it come across from the commentators. Yeah, it looked like it never ha- happened before yeah. and, and they've been told to but do when it, you but see the, the footage, turns a blind eye. When you see the footage of the boys behind Foley, Mate, they are going off their nuts, screaming at him like it was like they knew the rules and he didn't. Yeah. That's what it looks like on the replay. So I, I didn't know. I wanted again, you know me. You heard me in the, in the NRL. I'm blaming the ref on every every occasion. <laughs> but I didn't know yeah. last night at the end of the game. I, I was confused whose fault it was. Do they have a clock? Well, I in know. rugby because in league, you know, with the scrum clock. So if you don't pack the scrum in yeah. time. The, the, you can the siren the bit, goes, yeah. and then it's a it's a handover. It's a yeah. penalty. I know rugby, because it's such a confusing game, has become big on transparency. On the big screen, <laughs> they will put up why there is a penalty, for example. So I, I'm of the assumption that at Marvel Stadium last night, they would have had a time clock. We know in rugby league, when they pack a scrum, yeah. they mm. put a time clock Drop clock out. Up. Yeah, same yeah, thing. That's right. Drop out. There's a, yeah. there's a time clock. Yeah, yeah. so I reckon they, they would have been aware. It's funny, though, you know, I, I guess a lot of the reaction will be this morning that we were robbed. But And, and there was even commentary last night that the Wallabies were the better, better team. <laughs> I don't know whether they were the better team. They were down 10-0 10, 10 The better early. team in the last 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. 
they were finishing all over the All Blacks. I enjoyed the game. I will say that. I, I think I we, enjoyed I think the we, game we've too. been it's quite hard. Point. We've yeah. been quite hard on the Wallabies. But in does here. it endear you back to the game of rugby as a whole, watching that <sighs> game? Because it was it's, still a it, bit it's slow. very stop. It's very stops. That, yeah. that the stop start thing is hard for me. But like last night, I felt I was on. I was not. Yeah. You know, it, it, it locked me in. So watching the what, like again, I, I can't sit here and say I love the way the Wallabies played last mm. night. That, I thought it, I thought it was entertaining yeah. rugby. There, there you go. That's yeah, my no, take. No, no, I, I thought it was a good game too. But I just can't get my head around the referee why he needed to blow that penalty. You, you just don't want to see them, do you? And when no, you see like, the come referees, on. He, he should have said to Foley, "Listen, yeah, if you stop, don't kick it, I'm going to penalise." Yeah, stop something along those yeah, lines a, rather than come on, hurry up, and then blow the penalty. It's the same as when NRL, the footy boy, the league boys, they lay down and take like an extra thirty seconds to play yeah. the ball, and then the ref says, "Get up and play it." Then Yep. On, you, on you go, you get up and play. Yeah. They don't penalise them. No. A lot of people it, coming through on the text this morning. Uh, morning, boys. Watched my first game of rugby in a couple of years last night. I think it's pretty clear all forms of sports are now being over-refereed and too much video involvement. Felt like the game was stopping for video referee plays or people getting put in the bin all night. Also, blokes who... Uh, oh, that's another one. So, But that's from Chapo. Good on you, Chapo. Here's another one. Why doesn't the ref explain his actions in a press conference so we all know what the rules are? You know what? I like that. I like that in general. I reckon the refs cop an absolute hiding. And umpires, cricket umpires, the same thing. Every player, oh, sorry, every captain or, or player at the end of the game from both teams and in rugby league, Good. for example, coach, has to do a press conference. Win, lose or draw, you've got to do it. Why don't the refs get the opportunity to at least explain, like, tell their side? They might get abused more. <laughs> they might get belted more. But in this yeah. instance, I reckon everyone wants to know, hang on a second, where's this rule come from? Like, give the yeah. ref the chance. Well, you know what? The rule is probably there, but it's never been officiated but, like that before. Tell, and that's let, why let, everyone's blowing let up. Let him say that then. Yeah, hey, I, give I, them the chance, I, mean. like, I reckon. No one's ever seen it. So why did he have to pull it out last night? You know what like, would be why? great? If the refs did have to do a press conference, but they did it Nick Kyrgios style. Oh, <laughs> mate, <laughs> start just, abusing everyone. Yeah, no, exactly. Mate, why was this penalty blown? <laughs> mate, because he was carrying on like a <laughs> yeah. goose. Yeah. Here's another it's one. an You're... ordinary rule, though, isn't it? As yeah. in... Like to do it last night in that scenario, yeah, game but on the it line. feels petty. But it does. But what about the other side when we smash referees for not having the courage to blow the whistle and give the penalty when the game's on the line? Like this is where the refs can't win. And don't worry, I don't want to be sticking up for any referees. No. But if something happens in a game, and we've seen it a million times this season, and the ref hasn't got the courage to penalise them because, oh no. It's, there's only 30 seconds to go, a minute to go, and I don't want to be the face of the game. I want to stay out of it. Mm. We smashed the rest for not having the courage. Now, in this instance, if this is the rule... It would happen against our team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. You're spot on. Hey, you'll like this so one, too, true. on the text line, Clarky. Uh, only the Wallabies or West Tigers oh, could have lost that game oh, last night. Oh, my God. Uh, I tell you what uh, was a, a, Couldn't a believe it. high point of last night's sporting action was Paul Gallen. Um, what a supreme athlete he is. Not Beating not just one, but two fighters in the same night. Of course, they were dubbing it State of Origin of Boxing. The former New South Wales captain taking on Queenslanders, Ben Hannant. So Ben Hannant was out first, and then an hour later it was Justin Hodges. So Hannant went the distance with Gallen, but I, I you know, know, he was pretty comfortable on points, I, I think it, yeah. was, it was fair to say, yeah. uh, from Gallen. Then the second fight. Well, this was interesting because Hodges was all over Gallon in the first two rounds. Actually yep. knocked Gallon down. Yeah, yeah. But testament to what an athlete Gallon is, he almost just rose in strength and power in that third set. And it was a it, uh, third round, yeah. and it was a, a stoppage yeah. uh, to Gallon against Hodges. Gallon, man, oh, every time I watch him fight, I, I just get – you're just more scared of him. Like, he is that tough, it's not funny. And what, even watching – I didn't watch the fight, but watching the highlights, he got – Belted so many times. I think his face was really wrecked, wasn't if it? If you're sitting in a studio in Queensland right now, they'll be saying Hodjo lost the fight because Gal uh, hit Punched him, Ill- him, hit him illegally, ropes, yeah. and from that moment on, Gal then you know uh, got on top of Hodjo. So that's what they would be saying in Queensland. And I think Gal's actually come out and said, "Look, I'm happy to give Hodjo a rematch." Hodjo shouldn't fight because of that. But <laughs> mate, honestly, Hodjo did well to still be standing by yeah. the end of it. But even Gal, like no one can say he can't cop a punch. He is that tough. It is not funny.
And 41. Mate. 41. He's doing this at 41 years of age. He's got to stop now, though, Gal, as well. Like, even listen to his comments throughout the week about the whole talk about brain damage. When you watch that fight, mm. it, both of them, like, you they just hate... shots. Mate, you, I hate seeing both get hit like that. Mm. You, you just... It's got to, it has to do damage over a period of time. Cop and punches like that from mate, you're talking heavyweights as well. It's not not sixty kilos. No, no, that's exactly oh, right. I, I mean, it can't I be watched, good for you that. I only watched the highlights last night, but I had some mates um, not watching the rugby's. They were watching the fight, and I yeah. said, "Well, just keep giving me an update." So, you know, after the first fight, they said, "Oh, gal split," and he looked banged up a little bit. And then the update in the Hodges fight was. Gal looks gassed. Yeah, right. Hodjo was looks, swinging well, he hasn't him and started connecting. Well. Yeah. yeah, and Hodjo was swinging hard and, and hitting. But then sort of round the end of round two, round three came around and Gal just clicked into gear and he started to pick it up and then he just hit Hodjo with everything and just gave it to him. Um, and it just shows you, like, no matter how good a fighter you are, to fight, get yourself ready in the right headspace, do four rounds cool down for an hour and then come back out to try and get yourself up to that level again. It can take you a, a while to get going. Well, gents, we've learnt this morning that one of the greats, if not the greatest in world sport, Roger Federer, has called time on his tennis career. Injuries finally took their toll there on the 41-year-old, a winner of 20 Grand Slam titles. Obviously, he hasn't played since Wimbledon 2021, since you know he had knee surgery. So, um, obviously... An amazing career, $194 million in prize money. That's third all-time, ranked number one for a total of 310 weeks, 237 of those consecutive. As I mentioned, 20 Grand Slams, which includes six Australian Opens, one French Open, and eight Wimbledons, one of the greats. Freak, genius, legend, yep, uh, greatness right there. Oh, the, the only thing I, I, I wish... I wish he had the chance to announce his retirement and playing one more major tournament or come to Australia one more time. Just just for the world to stand and applaud. To celebrate and, his career. Yeah, and pay him that respect because he certainly deserves it. But, man, what a career. I, the one thing I love about Roger Federer is in any sport, it's ultra competitive. And, yes, there are egos, certainly at the highest level. Yet he has been an absolute legend on and off that tennis court. The way he has held himself off the tennis court has been, I reckon, just as amazing as how successful he has been on the tennis court. And that's an important point, Clark, because Man. as you both know, as as you know, captains of, of your respective sports, the pressure that goes not just with what you do on the field, yeah. because that's something that you love doing and that you can control. Yeah. But it's well, often, you train for that every yeah. day, right? The on on field stuff you actually practice. The off field stuff, certainly in his era, you didn't like Roger Federer. People laugh. I, I, I never, I've never had media training in my life. So Roger Federer, same sort of age through that era, he might have never had media training. Yet everything he has done off the tennis court has been unbelievable. The way he talks, the way he acts, the way he holds himself, the way. He, is what an ambassador for the game of tennis for young boys and young girls. He gives his time to everyone. You, I, I'm fortunate enough to meet him a couple of times. The way he speaks, like one on one, it's like, dude, this can't be real. You actually can't be that nice a guy and be that good a tennis player. But he is, mm. and to me, that is that's as important as how good a tennis player he was. The thing that you remember about Roger Federer was how easy it looked on the yeah. tennis court and. He didn't look like he was using maximum effort. Mark War of cricket. Well, yeah. yeah. Like Junior so was the elegant, same. Just yeah. really like so much good time. on the eye. Just look good on the eye. Yet you see other tennis players, they struggle to get across to the ball. Yeah. And they're always running around and they look gassed. And But Federer, he, he very rarely raised a sweat. Yeah, that's what it was like, I know. You know, but just the shot selection. Single hand backhand, oh. that's the thing I'll oh. miss. Like, everyone now is double hand backhand. Yeah. I, yeah. Just to watch that backhand from Federer was like... It, it was. It was like Mark, Mark Wall in cricket terms. I can't ever remember him diving. So he'd take unbelievable catches, but he was always on his feet. Yeah. That skillful, that much natural talent. You see, anybody else, they'll dive or they'll fall over when they yeah. catch it. Mark Wall never did. Roger Federer, I agree, when he played tennis, oh. mate, he was, it was like it was never in a rush. Yeah. He, was always, he was always there. Junior had that 
great shot, and you, you'll tell me what shot it is. Off they, his yes, pads. Oh, oh, mate. Teams used How to set. That, they'd have six fielders on the leg side. Geez, they're going, was... you know what? Even we bowled it at middle stump, he, he has to hit it there. Yeah. And he'd say, okay, I'll split them. I'll get it in between them. He was just off middle stump, yeah. so elegant. Oh, that, that was Amazing his, wrist that was as well. Mark, oh, yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah, off mm. his pads mm. was genius. Yeah. And, yeah, I reckon him and Roger, again, different sports, yeah. but... Well, Mark, the great eye. tennis player as well. Eye. Him they and Steve good. and their two other brothers, I think, were yeah. brilliant tennis players. So, yeah, he'll be missed, Rog, yep. as well. Sure the, gentle, the gentleman of tennis. We celebrate sure. his career this morning, Roger Federer, uh, calling time. It's certainly uh, dominated by the rugby result last night. And we've got this on the text line as well. Uh, this from... Toaster from Bathurst. The whole game of rugby is about stoppages. It's a bit rich that they get pinged for a stoppage. That's actually true, isn't it? But uh, let's look at the the papers with the rugby league dominating the back page on the Daily Telegraph. It says Money Man and a big photo of Mitch Moses, Uncle Benny, Benny Elias, has said that um, he's one of the big game players and that's enough to get it done for Parramatta tonight against the Canberra Raiders. And Ricky Stewart has returned serve and said, well, if he is a big player, big players need to win games, so the pressure's on him. Yeah, the pressure's always on the number seven in a big game, but Mitch Moses, I think he's played terrifically well this season. He's had plenty of composure, but again, you get judged on the big games at the end of the year and how far you can take your team. Unfairly or fairly, number sevens are always in the spotlight. So Mitch is coming off that head knock last weekend. I'd assume that he'll have plenty of traffic his way, and when he takes the ball into the line, tonight that the Raiders will be there to greet him and, and meet him and try and put him under as much pressure as they, they possibly can. But it's a big moment for both these clubs. You know, more so Parramatta, given that, you know, they've been under pressure, they've been in this situation. You know, people are asking, can they go to that next level? Can they get to the prelim? Can they get to a grand final? They're on the right side of the draw. And if they're as good as what we think, then they should be able to progress. But well, if they don't, the question mark will remain and then everyone comes under pressure. Loz, what about this added pressure? James Hooper writes about the Parramatta Eels report that has been leaked on the eve of these finals um, claims that there's nepotism. So Nathan Brown, the former NRL coach, um, has been tasked to conduct an internal review. Now, there's been several damning findings, including there was a perception of nepotism in the appointment of staff and players, better connection needed from the NRL to FLEG and to junior reps, acknowledgement of all staff across all programs could be better, skill development of players could be better with the Eels philosophy, and role clarity needs to be better communicated, and the communication across all roles needs to be clearer. But that call of nepotism, that's are damning. They talk, are they talking about his son? Well, there's no reference talk- to Jake Arthur, his son, in this instance, but that could be <laughs> and maybe oh will God. be the perception. Yeah, I'd love to know who, you know, obviously they spoke to as well. You know, there's, there'd be some... Well, I'm it, sure a lot of this will be anonymous in, yeah. in the review. Yeah. Yeah, is, this, is this a player survey? The, well, this is this will be a review. Any, anyone involved with the club? Where, Staff will be interviewed. Yeah, okay. Players will be interviewed. Yeah. Do we know what? Could that, could that, be, one, could that be one sour player that yeah. didn't get picked and Jake did get picked? Or, or are we saying this yeah. is this is from eighty yeah. percent of the people yeah. that were interviewed? Like again, he employed I think, his whole family. Yeah, I, 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 I would are suggest... you pulling are you pulling you know one survey out to make an article? That's yeah. what I want. I, I would suggest for that to be a finding in this internal review from Nathan Brown. It's come it would from... be more than one source. It would be multiple <sighs> sources. Hmm. So how do you re- respond to that as a team? Do you just try to put it oh, in the back of your mind? Or? That'll galvanise them. Anytime you turn the page and of, hope there's a scandal with another team. Yeah, anytime you have a bit of adversity on the eve of the game, I, th- I think it helps your performance. I really do. I, I think it helps bring you together, and you and you you discuss it. And I think as a group, you'd be pretty determined and you'd be pretty filthy that someone's leaked it. Yeah. The day before a game, I feel for Brad Arthur. I, I feel like Brad Arthur has copped it all season. Yeah. And if Para lose this yeah. game. That's the worst thing that could happen to the Raiders today. Well, Clucky, you, you've yeah. been part of the Australian That's... cricket team when there's been reviews. Oh, the Argus review, mate, it was that heavy. It wasn't funny. It was like everyone was running for cover. So many people lost their jobs or lost their position. Um, 
and it took ages. So even in the weight of it was 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 a nasty place to be uh, or uncomfortable place to be. And you know, again, I, you'd like to th- I like to think when people are doing surveys or things like this or reviews, it's about how can we get better. But I've always questioned how does it get out or why does it get out? If it's about getting better then you're not here to hurt anybody. Like, that to me is a massive stab. Whether it's true or not, it's a massive stab at Brad Arthur once again. So whoever's released it or given it out, they don't want Brad Arthur. I reckon that is just... He has copped so much. And I understand as a leader, you've got a job to do. And Brad Arthur's admitted that. Yeah, we know. We know where we sit. We know we're under the pump. We know we've got to perform. But that, before the gap, like, yeah. I just reckon... I don't think Brad Arthur's picking his son... To, because oh, just because he's his son, Brad Arthur is under as much pressure as anyone. So yeah, his job's always on the line exactly and will always right. be spoken about. I I, I think if nah. he thought that Jake couldn't do the job, yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Him. He wouldn't yeah, be I picking. Agree. I agree. I I I, I believe that. I, I I seriously do. You know. Well, we even there, had there, a question... some talk about young Cartwright playing. Well, we had that well, question well, on the text line yesterday well, asking Block it, didn't they? He's not playing that great either. Mm. You know, and are you going to trust Bryce Cartwright? Yes, he's got more experience than young Jake. Possibly plays a few more positions, but I, I think the kid deserves a fair break. I don't see it as nepotism. Yeah, I feel sorry for his son as well. Like, you training his backside off, wants to play in the NRL. You've got to have self-belief, but you keep getting hit like this. Like, people are saying, the only reason you're playing is because your old man's a coach. Like, that's, what, that's so insulting, hmm. you know, and... Yeah, I, I, I just again, I can't. I've never met anybody in my life at the highest level where your job is on the line, you're under pressure. Where you would go and select someone if, if there's someone better sitting yeah, there. You didn't think you could. You would win not do that, that group because, especially in a leadership role, mate, that your job's on the line. Mm-hmm. You are result driven. Your business is based on we win. I got a job. We lose. I don't. And surely, Brad Arthur. We've seen how many coaches get sacked every year. That would be his number one priority, not, you know what, I'd rather lose this week and give my son a game. At the highest level, maybe at under 10s, not at the highest level. Mm. Well, we'll see how it uh, transpires tonight with the Eels taking on the Canberra Raiders kicking off a qualifying finals weekend. Um, Now, sorry, not qualifying finals, um, semifinals this weekend. Now, Brad Rosen will be joining us uh, pretty shortly to talk basketball. Ali Mosley will join us as well, uh, talking racing. Great racing coming up this weekend at Randwick and also the Newcastle Gold Cup and Cameron meeting today as well. Adam Pangeli will join us to talk racing and sport. The Million Dollar Chase, we'll talk about that for the Greyhounds. Brad Davidson as well for his tips for the weekend. Rachel Haynes, the uh, Australian women's cricket vice captain. She's retiring. We'll chat to her later in the show. Jason Maloney, Australian boxer, the current uh, world number one WBOWBC. He's now on the George Cambosis uh, Haney card. He will be joining us as well in Phil Moss to talk football. That's a very big show, topped off by the biggest element of the morning, and that is the Sticky Wings Big Sports Breakfast Multi. Loz has been doing his form. He's got a pretty juicy multi coming up, so make sure you stay with us on the Big Sports Breakfast and you can get involved in that. We want you to get involved as well in the show. The open line number, 135353. The SMS, 0419767272. It's the Big Sports Breakfast, and you've just if you've just joined us this morning and went to bed a little bit early last night, you would have missed out on a heartbreaking loss to the Wallabies with the All Blacks snatching a pulsating 39-37 win in the opening Bledisloe Cup test last night, a controversial refereeing decision in the final minutes of the match at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne. So heartbreak for the Aussies. Roger Federer, 20-time Grand Slam champion, has retired this morning as well. So Roger will play in his final ATP match, which will be the uh, Labor Cup next week in London. He, He said he's not going to rule out competing in further events, but certainly won't play on the ATP Tour anymore. So you might see him in a couple of extra exhibition tournaments uh, here and there as well. As I mentioned, some great racing this weekend. Today, it's Newcastle Gold Cup Day. We were giving away tickets to the Newcastle Gold Cup yesterday. And Man Cayenne is the $2.90 favourite for the Newcastle Gold Cup today. Ma Eustace and Ben Mellum coming up just for that one ride is a nice push there. And 
Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bodden, the Cameron, have a great chance with Crosstalk, the favourite there, currently $2.15. And then we've got some terrific racing at Ramwick on Saturday, highlighted by the George Main Stakes, where Animo is a short price favourite over Zaki, 2.10 Animo, Zaki, 3.10. And in the shorts, which is being called a mini Everest nature strip, is the favourite there at 2.10 over Eduardo, $4.00 Marzu. $7, the runners under double figures there. We're currently a soft five at Ramwick on Saturday. But, Pup, as you well know, living in the east as I do, um, there's been a lot of rain in the last mm. 24 hours. So, Loz. What do you reckon? Well, Loz look, is nervous. Your Sticky Wings multi often hangs on the weather, doesn't it? Well, it nervous. does. And when you said to me this morning about one of my horses, the trainer said he doesn't want it too wet. I was like, oh. Oh well, I won't be giving too much away. I know I'll re- reveal it with you, but um, I did. Chris Waller on his Twitter sends out with um, uh, mm. Charlie Duckworth just their synopsis of all of their Randwick runners, right? And a couple of them he made reference to <laughs> that they didn't want any worse than a slow or a soft six, right? Sun's so a soft out, five. Hang on, and, and the sunny sun's today, out, mate. And Twenty-three out degrees today. Twenty-two yeah. tomorrow. Eight. Yeah. As long no as more rain. As long as there's not a downgrade, uh, an upgrade on a soft, what is it? Soft five, did you say? Yeah, we it's don't currently want, a soft five. Well, soft five at the moment. When do they do the track report well, they, this they, morning? They probably don't often change it unless there's you know, significant rain, significant yeah, rain you, to, to alert the punters. You often find out what it is on, on morning. If it is adjusted, you know, right now it would probably be at worst, I'd say, a seven. And then you probably don't want rain on race day, which it doesn't look as though. No, the forecast is no, good. I think the forecast is pretty Today's pretty a good. cracker, mate. Today's a beauty of a day. Uh, well, what is it? 23 today. And it's oh, 24 today and 23 tomorrow. There you go. There you go. No rain. So, Loz, what are you doing? What are you doing? So, this is what we're going to do. For the Sticky Wings Multi. All right. So, we have decided to go race six, number five, Zoo Gotcha. To run top two. So we're after her to run top two. Then we need NMO, race seven, number three, to win. And I've thrown in another leg. Race eight, number four, Marzu, top four. So we need Zoo Gotcha to run top two, NMO to win. Mazu top four, and if you want to be a part of the Sticky Wings BSB multi, you can get eight dollars for that. Eight bucks. Eight bucks. That is good value, and that Sticky Wings BSB multi is up now on the tab website. All you've got to do is go to sports, click on today's offers, and you will see the BSB multi there. So, uh, Zoo Gotcha currently favourite and a two dollar twenty five chance needs to run second. That's race six number five. Race seven number three. Animo. The $2.10 favourite needs to win, and Marzu, race eight, number four, currently a $7 chance, needs to finish in the top four. I don't mind that, Loz. Although I will say one of the horses I mentioned in, in Chris Waller's uh, video message was Zoo Gotcha doesn't yeah. want any worse than a soft six. Um, yeah, I will. That's perfect conditions because she has got good heavy track form. She's had two starts on the heavy. She's won one and mm. ran second on another occasion. Her soft form is good. And zoo stars normally get through them okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought you'd be wor- more worried about Enemo when I heard you speak yesterday about the speed in the race. So what are you, what are you thinking with Enemo? Oh, look, I, I, I think he's a sensation. I think he's probably right now the most exciting horse in Australia, but I just think with the map... I've got. Are you a big map man? Massive, massive. Yeah, particularly what. That's your number one. Uh, it's my starting. When you're point. rating a horse, or you're, you're working out the, the race. When I'm doing the form, that's form? my starting point. Yeah, I, I, I do mm. the map. So your weight with map is what forty percent, fifty percent? Oh, I wouldn't say fifty percent, but I would say it's significant. Yeah, it'd probably be around the. The thirty-five to forty percent, and that increases depending on what sort of track it is. Like I will weight track heavier at Rose Hill than I will Randwick. Right, and I, I know you you love your punting, so I know that you would always wait until the day of as well, so you track plays. But are you predominantly like horses up on speed? 
it depends. I, I think previous track patterns can be a factor. So if, if it's, you know, at a previous meeting when you see a rail in the true position, you you watch what the pattern was doing on that particular day. And right. if they were coming down yeah. the outside, well, you, you certainly would favour run on horses. But then if you've got the rail out, you know, four or five metres or whatever, often that would suggest that it would favour on speed runners. So you want to look for horses that are up on speed and close to the fence that they're particularly advantaged yeah. because naturally, you know, by mathematics, the other horses distance. have to cover a, a bit more ground. Look, you know, there's there's so many variables in sport. Mm. If only it was an exact science, we'd all be millionaires. That's exactly right. And everyone's got their own methods. Yeah. But Loz, uh, look, however you do your form, that's, that's a, a pretty good looking multi in my book so eight dollars about the sticky wings multi uh you need race six number five zoo gotcha to finish top two race seven number three animo to win and race eight number four marzu to finish top four that is paying eight dollars that is loz's sticky wings bsb multi and it is up now on the tab website so get involved hey boys swannies they've named an unchanged lineup love it which Love is it. surely I reckon the winner be... of this game wins Love the comp. It. I reckon they win the flag. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Ooh. Now, you boys have both been in a situation where there's crucial games where the Swans are expected to win. They're $1.20, uh, sorry, they're $1.44 favourites against Collingwood. And only a matter of weeks ago, we beat them quite comfortably yeah. at the SCG. Yeah. Take me through the mindset of a player when you are expected to win this game. How do you not think about being in a grand final a week later. How do you prepare for a game like this? For me, it was that expectation was there anyway. It didn't didn't matter if the media made you favourites or, um, you know, in regards to betting it made you favourites. To me, there was an expectation when we walked out onto the field that we were going to win. So I, I didn't feel any extra pressure when you were expected to win. It was nearly like, thank you for paying us that respect. Yeah, I know sometimes teams can get caught up with it. And yeah, you can. You can look too far ahead. But I think, I'd like to think, unless in my sport anyway, unless you were Sir Donald Bradman, no one was that good. Like everyone, on that day, you still had to play very close to your best, especially against the, the other great teams, to win. So you, you knew, this is pretty simple. We concentrate on us and go and play our best cricket and we'll beat anyone in any conditions. So I would imagine the Swannies, whether they're favourites or not, whether people are going around saying they should be winning or not, their expectation would be, yeah, we should win. But we have to play our best footy to do that. And they'll, they'll be thinking, we're going to do that for the next two games and we win a flag. Mm. I, I, I can't imagine a team thinking any different it's it's what it's what happens when you when you get out onto the field and the pressure of the moment gets to you that all of a sudden the other team gets that momentum and it's sometimes it's very hard to grab back certainly in cricket mm. I, I love the the psychology of it all I mean if you're playing in a really good team all you're doing is worrying about yourself and yeah. making sure each other yeah. is in the best headspace yeah because you know that you've got a very, very good team. Well, you had that weight of expectation so, with the so Raiders when, loss. So in that period where I played for the Raiders, when you had all those superstars in the team, yeah. you're extremely confident. <clears throat> but I've also been in another shed when I haven't had those players and you're trying to get yourself up and about and you're making sure that you're trying to find a trigger that everyone can feed off. You know, what, what's going to get us ready? What's going to get us up? What's going to make us better than the opposition? So we know skill-wise we're going to be there. That's a given. But emotionally, how are we going to get attached to this game and how are we going to get, you know, really connected when we're out there for the full 80 minutes? And you might pick up on something that an opposition player or a coach has said throughout the season about your particular side. Or you talk about maybe the underdog factor about, you know, no one gives us a chance of winning and, you know, let's show everyone what we're capable of doing. So there's many different ways to approach it. But the one that I really enjoyed was knowing in a big game when you're sitting in the dressing shed and you go, right, Meninga, Clyde, Lazarus, Walters, Stewart. Yeah. You just go, mate, we're going to be pretty hard to beat today if, if all these blokes turn up. 
than if they got their heads on. The other thing so is, well, that's that where was, you that sit. That was where you got your yeah, confidence. Your senior players, that's where, you know, they talk about leadership groups or, you know, your captain, your vice captain, a couple of the other senior players. It's what you do in the lead up to the game that's most important with the big games. When you actually get out there, you want the players to feel like, here we go. I've been waiting for this stage my whole career. Now I'm just going to back myself and go and play with freedom and rely on my preparation, my training. So the conversations throughout the week, the what the boys have been doing at training would be will be more important than actually what happens on the field. Because on the field, you just you, – certainly for guys that have played for a long time, that's what you know. It's like playing sport is the easiest part. Captain, playing cricket for Australia was the easiest part of my job. The actual playing was the easiest part. Because muscle memory, it's all you know. It's all you train for every single day. That was the fun. That was the excitement. Didn't have to have a mobile phone. Didn't have to talk to anybody else. Just you and your teammates. Mm. That was the best time and the easiest time. It was all the work you did behind closed doors that was tough. That was a grind. That was hard to get onto the field. A lot of young players in this side, though. Uh, players like Logan McDonald, Chad Warner, albeit a star, just to name a couple. There's, there's a number of players that probably wouldn't have been in this situation before. And I know mm. the, the point that you've both made, that you look around that locker room and you see the experience and you know you can count on people. But what about when you are considered a youthful side or, or certainly developing side, does that take on a, a different guise? Does it, do the leaders of the team need to take a different approach? No, not really. It, basically, you've got to trust the young guy to do Give what he's been freedom. doing. Give him the freedom, yeah. Don't, don't try and tighten them up. I Just reckon, say, mate, yeah, open the door for him. You've done this all year. Yeah. Back your ability, back yourself, and we'll support you. Regardless of whether, whether you make a, a blue or not, you're in this team because you can do X, yeah. Y, and Z. We need you to do that today and they want the stage and that's what you do the yeah. youngsters especially these yeah. days mate yeah. don't try they are craving don't try the big time don't no i reckon go you want to build their confidence up so high they feel like they are the best player in the world now get out there and go and play with that freedom back mm. yourself and i'll support you 100 because this generation it's mate I hope there's a hundred thousand people. I hope there's a billion watching on TV. I hope like they they want they want the Robbie Williams concert in front of the world. So give it to them. Let them feel like it's their concert. What are you tipping, Swannies? I'm Swannies for the flag. Farewell, unbelievable farewell for Buddy. Oh, so you're saying farewell now? No, farewell from Swans. Oh, okay. He's Gold Coast, two years. Not the game, you're two saying year, just from the Swans. Two-year deal at Gold Coast. Okay. But I, I, reckon, I reckon the Swannies will win the flag. Laws? Collingwood. You t- what? Oh, don't be so angry when you say I it think, as well. I think Collingwood will win. Win the flag or? Yeah, I think whoever wins this game wins the flag. And why do you think Collingwood oh. will be able to turn the tables? Uh, I think Dugowie wasn't there last time they played. Ginevan was injured. I think he's a young superstar. Mm. Um, I really like the way that the coaches approached the final series. All his language has been about winning. It's been about, hey, don't feel sorry for yourself. I don't want you to see your line on the ground and trying to convince everyone that you're exhausted after the effort that you gave because that's not good enough, mm. and we're in it to win it. We've you're, got ourselves in a situation nah, where, SCG, mate. where SCG. you have got a great opportunity to win a competition. Mm. Don't be afraid. Attack it. I, I like his language. I like he's, the He's quite an incredible like, Craig McRae. When I, you consider he went through that Brisbane and, Lions yeah, system. And I reckon and the, the players you know, feed off his energy and yeah, they've got belief out of him, and I, I reckon they'll win. Okay. Oh, the Swannies, I'll be there and uh, be cheering loud and proud. Hopefully they can get it done over Collingwood and get into that GF. Um, we want your calls this morning on the open line, number 1353, the SMS 0419767272. It's the Big Sports Breakfast. Now, we've spoken about the first semi final this morning between Parramatta and Canberra, but I can tell you that on the tab app at the moment, there's no head-to-head market for Cronulla and Souths. The line is currently a dollar. Sorry, the line is one and a half. Started a dollar ninety, but I did notice on tab and another other a number of other betting uh, platforms that the Cronulla Sharks have been massive firmers in the past twenty-four hours. I think earlier in the week we were looking at Souths being around a dollar seventy seventy-seven seven. And the Sharks are around $2.20 something. And I can tell you that that's now firmed right up on a, a number of different platforms. And I think the line might have even trimmed up as well. You so, know what that suggests? Might be someone out. 
someone out for South, you think? Well, if it's trimmed up that much, surely the market couldn't have changed that yeah. quickly, would it? Look, I'll keep I'll keep an eye on the tab market. As I mentioned, it's just not there at the moment. But I did observe it um, last Tell me night. Text cookie. Yeah, yes. That, that I, I that I noticed that the money was starting to trend heavily towards Cronulla, and I thought I suppose they were good value. I mean, they finished second. Well, and I they think were... you said earlier in the week, Loz, yeah. that you were surprised that they weren't favourites. Yeah, I, I thought the Sharks would be favourites. I, I really did. I, I, you know, to finish second, they played some good football. Defensively in that game against the Cowboys, they weren't where they needed to be and to concede 30-odd points would have been disappointing. I like the way they attack. Um, did you, yeah, pick, did I, you pick the Sharks? Yesterday, yeah, I can't yeah, remember. You went yeah. the Sharks. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, when I went on the Maddie, uh, not Matty John show, NRL 360, I'm just going back through my notes here, 65% of the head-to-head market or the money in the market was for South Sydney. Mm. So, and they were dollar seventy-seven. Well, it's trending the other way. South. Luttrell. So it's it, trending the other way. So, mate, if the market's changed that much, it's got to be someone in doubt. You would think so. And as I mentioned, normally when Tab takes their head-to-head market down, there's, there's you know, they're just, oh, here we go. Oh, no, Tab's got South at $1.78 and Cronulla yeah. $2.05. But that's still a, a bit of a... a Trim up for yeah, it's a, a bit, but I, 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 that, that suggests that yeah, South haven't got anyone likely to miss out because yep. I, when, I, when so I, you, you were think talking that's about weight of money, well, when, yeah, than, yes. weight of money. When you were talking before about it was nearly even, mm. I'm thinking, wow, that that suggests that someone. But might I, I'm, be I'm sort of looking at, at trends at the the moment from what I'm seeing, and and it, the, I I believe that the I think money late well, I think will trend value. towards the sharks. Yeah, I, well, at value you would. So it's like. If you're looking at Canberra Parramatta, like the Raiders playing two dollars fifty five. I mean, if you're going to have a bet, could you come in at Parramatta at a dollar fifty? Like you, you no. couldn't, you couldn't no. have a crack at Parramatta with their finals record mm. and what's happened this morning with the release of this report and mm. question marks over their performance last weekend. Um, and the Raiders come in with plenty of confidence sort of nothing-to-lose type attitude. Um, and and they're, they're the value at $2.55. If you're just waking up this morning and went to bed around 9 o'clock thinking that the Wallabies were going to get done, well, I can tell you that last night they looked like they were going to win the game only to be disallowed by the referee for time-wasting with minutes on the clock. And the All Blacks uh, snatch victory 39-37 to over the Wallabies, which means the All Blacks retain the Bledisloe Cup. Paul Gallen, he won not once but twice in the same night, going the distance with Ben Hannon and then a stoppage against Justin Hodges in the third round. So Gal getting it done once again. And Roger Federer has announced his retirement from tennis this morning, the 20-time Grand Slam champion. Uh, Loz and Pup are with me, and so too is the BSB Multi this morning, thanks to Sticky Wings. And Loz, just remind everyone what you have done for the Multi this week. This is what we're doing, Fields. We're going to go race six at Ramwick, number five, Zugotcha, to finish top two. Then we're going to race seven, number three, Oh, well, we don't have to say a potential superstar anymore, do we? He is a superstar. He is a superstar. Enemo to win. And then race eight, this is all at Ramwick, race eight, number four, Marzu to run top four. And if he can do that for us and salute and finish in the top four, um, that'll have this Sticky Wings multi paying $8. Now, Loz, I normally get involved with your Sticky Wings multi yeah. just because I think at the very worst, it's a fifty. it feels like a $50 free throw at the stumps. But well, that, to me, looks juicy value. Well, I always believe in myself, feels all right. So I'm always very confident about my multi. Clarky actually surprises me because he I'm supports with you. me. I'm with you. Mido always does the, oh, yeah, it's okay. Mido in front of you will support you. But I, I put believe, a seed of doubt in your mind this morning. You did put a seed of doubt in my mind, but I want to ask you, Honestly, yes. Do you like it or not? I do like it absolutely. Yes, right. yes. Right. No, I do. What like was it. the concern this morning? Well, the conditions. When I showed Fielder, he went, "Oh, Chris Waller doesn't want it to get any heavier for Zoo Gotcha." Mm. And I said, "Why?" And he told me about the report of Chris's 
puts out uh, with his horses and doesn't want it worse than a soft six. Is that right? Did you yes, say? Yes. Yeah. He said that about a couple of his horses on. Yeah. yeah. So you know when someone puts a bit of doubt in your mind? Nah, play on. Well, and you, it's not going to be soft sixes. You got sunshine today. You got twenty four degree cracker. It's only getting drier. Mm, but there was a bit of rain last night, wasn't there? Only yes. till about 10, 30, yeah. 11 o'clock. Right. And even though I think Zaki will map better, yeah. I would still price Animoa's favourite over Zaki. So yeah. I, I, I would think that Animo will win, but I wouldn't be surprised if Zaki won, is what I would be saying with framing my own mind. Yeah, you're confusing me. <laughs> <laughs> you said you well, were confident. Out, back yourself. Put it this way. So what I'm saying is yeah. the tab's got What you're saying is you get on both. Each way. You're each way here. I'd, I'd have Animo about 240, 250, and Zaki about 280, 270. He might get to that tomorrow then. Yeah. I think they'll be a lot closer in the market, market. come tomorrow. Right. But look, $8, Loz, is great for your Sticky Wings multi. You know what's great for Australia is that the Women's Basketball World Cup is upon us. It's in our own backyard. Very, very exciting times to talk about that and much more. Good morning, Brad Rosen. Good morning, boys. How are we? Long time no speaking back. Bradley, yes. what's happening, buddy? Where you been? Go those opals. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, what's the squad looking like? Mate, we're looking really good. And, of course, the GOAT, Lauren Jackson. Yeah, she's back. She's back. How good. Uh, 41, looking fitter and better than ever. She played in the uh, off-season in the NBL 1, dominated that for the Albury Bandits, and she is looking amazing and really brings that credibility back to the mm. team, really looking forward to her being back. Mate, how important, again, what a superstar player, but how important is someone like Lauren Jackson just to be in and around the group in regards to her being such a great person, uh, great team values, and has been around a number of successful Opals teams, just with what's happened with this squad in the last couple of years, just to try and bring them together? The last bit is what it's all about, yeah. what has gone on that Tokyo Olympics. It was absolute disaster. Yeah. You ask the coaching staff, you ask the players, they were devastated, embarrassed. You can name it all. And I bet you when Coach was sitting down there at the end of the uh, end of the Olympics thinking, oh, my God, how are we going to change this? Probably didn't think Lauren Jackson would be the answer, but there was hoping. Yeah. And uh, with LJ coming back, it, it's exactly like you say, Clark. You cannot get experience like that. The girl, everywhere she goes, she's a winner. Yeah. And, you know, she's, she's without a doubt one of the greatest women basketballers ever, greatest Australian women basketball, and arguably a greatest Australian basketballer, full stop, with what she's done in this sport. So she brings the credibility right back on and off the court she you know she could play a lot of minutes but even if she doesn't she's getting the rest of those girls prepared I've spoken to a lot of the girls over the last week or two and a lot of them they've just like it is just so amazing to have her back half of them well you know they watched her in the 2000 Olympics thinking oh my god this is the greatest thing since sliced bread now they're playing with her yeah what's the expectation then Brad Oh, look, they're going for gold. I mean, look, USA are the team to beat. There's two pools. Uh, we've got to play against France, Serbia, Japan, Mali, and Cam uh, Canada. Uh, you'd like to think we can get through that. You know, France, Serbia, Japan would be tough. Uh, in the other pool, USA, Belgium, and China, uh, they'll probably be the three that goes through. So the way it you know, revolves like it does at World Cups, the top four in each pool go through. And then you play it across one versus four, two versus three, etc. The Aussies don't want to go four. They don't want to see the USA in that first round of the playoffs. But look, there's no doubt whatsoever that they could get one, two and three in our pool. If we're to look at the tab futures market, Brad, USA are $1.10. So it suggests that obviously they're the team to beat. But then you look at the second line, Japan, who are in our group, $15. France, who are in our group, $21. Then Australia... $26, and Serbia, who are also in our group, $26. So looking at that market, would that suggest that our pool is relatively even? 100%, relatively even and not a great pool. Now, obviously, like you said, USA, take them out of the equation. But the fact that we have to play Japan, France, Serbia, you know, these teams will be tough. And like, everyone, like what I just said, everyone's vying to get one, two, and three. You don't want to see fourth. Mm. So, yeah, it's very tough. I think they're juicy odds for Australia, um, but like you said, they've got to come up against the US. It would not shock me at all if we made the semis because the one thing we have to always speak about, 
home court advantage. Yeah. Yes, it puts pressure on, but can you imagine the experience and the thing they're going to get out of there at Kudos Bank Arena and the, you know, it's going to be like Allianz Stadium last week for South versus the Roosters. Yeah. And mate, what does this do for, uh, well, basketball in the country, but I guess more importantly, female basketball in this country because we've seen this sport continues to grow, but for young girls, surely this is a great opportunity to see their heroes. 100%. And that's what happened at the Olympics. You know, you look at, you know, these girls that went through the Olympics and we start to pay dividends now. And even when we talk in the NBA, we have 13 players in the NBA playing for the men. We've got heaps playing for the women. And a lot of these are coming through where their parents played then. So you're 100% right. What it does is this is the next generation. They will see that Lauren Jackson. They will see that test match and they will see these players run out in the green and gold and what it means to them, like Patty Mills always speaks about. And those girls will look up and go, yeah, that's what I want to do. So to answer your question, Clarky, huge for the yeah. sport. Awesome. Just looking at um, Lauren Jackson, there's actually a, a message here from Southern Rooster saying, has Jackson been given permission to play while still taking medical uh, cannabis? I'm just actually trying to find that as we speak. Do you know the answer to that, Brad? Look, the, the simple answer is she's been cleared to play. Uh, whether it's particularly for that reason, I don't know. Um, you'd probably find, uh, I don't even know if other players would do it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> 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 um, but no, for, for that situation, look, that, that would be for medical reasons that she's doing that. I have no doubt she's cleared. She knows everything. She's fine and, and, and she's the GOAT. She can do what she likes. Mm. Who's some of the players other than Lauren we should be keeping our eye out for, uh, yeah. Brad? And who's, who's sort of the... You mentioned America and Australia, but who is a, another team that might surprise us? Yeah, well, so so the Aussie Opals, I mean, there's a number of great players. Ezzy Magbador is the one who I just love. I just think she's great. She was really stepped up in Tokyo. She was a young one, and, and, and she'll do great things. Sarah Glickarves, she's been really good for them. Uh, Annalie Maley, I played against her dad, Paul Maley. She's, um, she's one of those players that's really uh, an interesting one because she, she does so much um, and, and really just the heart and soul of the club. So they're the three I'd love to be able to say you've got to have a look at. Um, but the others, it just um, it, it, they're just ready to play. They're just ready to play. I, um, I really can't see anyone else but America dominating that other, the other pool. And for Australia, yeah, they're going to have some tough games. France, Serbia, Japan. They open up with the games against France, and that's on Thursday, uh, next Thursday. So let's hope they can get a win early. Hey, Braden, we're not too far away from the NBL season. That's right, isn't it? October 1? The yes. Kings are back, baby. Yes, we're back. Uh, we start the first week of October. They play against their nemesis, the Illawarra Hawks. Look, there has been a lot of changes. Unfortunately, all three Kings imports uh, went on to bigger uh, things. They're playing overseas and obviously winning a championship. That's what happens when you when you do that. They go to other play, uh, other teams and get big, big money. But the Kings, they're looking good. They'll be back, baby. They're ready. Go, those Kings. Well, in that first round, looking at the tab market, they're $1.65 over Illawarra. 2.15, so let's hope they get off to a winning start. Brad, uh, always great to chat to you. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to it, and please check out those Opals. They'll be awesome. Go the Opals! <laughs> Good on you, Brad Rosen, joining us this morning on the Big Sports Breakfast, and we're taking your calls on the open line number as well, 135353 53 and the SMS 0419767272. Now, with footy finals fast approaching, it's time to crack open a couple of furfies with your mates and enjoy some unbelievable moments. Whether it's bearing witness to a six-beer carry in a crowded pub, fitting five mates onto a three-seater sofa for the game, or actually witnessing footy history unravelling on the screen in front of you, unbelievable moments pair perfectly with a furfie. So grab a case and share with your mates this footy finals. Heads up, punters. The Sticky and Smoky crew are at it again, but this time it's all about the roar of supercars at Mount Panorama. Sticky Wings and Smoky Barbecue are giving you and a mate the opportunity to win a VIP experience for two at this year's Bathurst 1000, including a full weekend hospitality package, a grid walk, track lap and accommodation. Now, this is a serious bucket list opportunity. So keep an eye out, too, for Sticky Wings and Smoky Barbecue in your local IGA. And if you can't find them, then ask the manager to get them in. To enter, simply go to stickywings.com.au or smokybarbecue.com.au and register your details. It's that easy. That's stickywings.com.au or smokybarbecue.com.au.
Au supercars never tasted so good, and our Sticky Wings BSB multi tomorrow. If you would like to be a part of it, it's a three legger, and they're all at Ramwick in races six, seven, and eight. So we're going race six, number five, Zoo Gotcha, to finish top two, into race seven, number three, Enemo to win, and race eight, number four, Mazu to finish top four. And if you would like to be a part of the Sticky Wings BSB multi, you can get on the Tab app, and that is paying eight dollars. At the moment. Well, let's add either another seed of doubt or build you with confidence, Loz, and ask what Ali Mosley thinks about this uh, BSB multi this morning. Good morning, Ali. Good morning, Ryan. I'm not sure it would have made a difference because Loz was right and I was wrong last week, so <laughs> I don't what, know. Don't tell him that, Ali. No, He's, been that, Ali. <laughs> He's been spruking all week. He's been spruking all week. Zagotchu, Animo, Mazu, you confident they'll all run well? definitely the gotcha. Mazu, I'm not totally sold on. I don't know. I haven't jumped. I was on the Mazu bandwagon last prep, but I'm just worried now that we've got what is, I guess, an improving track. We're on a soft five. We haven't had as much rain as I thought we would, but um, I know he's had a couple of wins on a soft track, but I just think he relishes the heavy. I'm not sure. Mazu is the only one that I think could be a bit sticky. For lack of a better word. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the George Main Stakes is the feature there. And as you mentioned, head-to-head, it's Animo 210 up against Zaki 310. I, I mentioned this yesterday, Ali. I, I guess Animo map concerns, considering Zaki will be in front of it. But we know that J-Mac has gone for Animo and Tommy Berry on Zaki, which is certainly a big push. I think James was holding out hope that uh, Annabelle would run Zaki in the Underwood next week. And I think until a couple of days ago, that might have still been the plan. And then I asked for Annabelle on Tuesday and I said, have you made a decision yet? And she said, no, but Tommy galloped in this morning and he wants to ride him on Saturday. He said he feels good. He's ready to go. He's bounced through the run because he had pretty a, a real gut buster first up there in the heavy tent in the tramway. So she was kind of umming and ahhing still on the Tuesday and, elected to run it, which gives me confidence that he's obviously come through it really well. But I just think Animo is the class horse. He's still on the up. James has obviously chosen to ride him, which shows, you know, he's facing him enough. And I, I just have to go. I know it's going to be a great match race, but I think Animo will be uh, a winner there. And then I think Fangirl could run an enormous race as well. You know, everyone saw her with those fantastic sections and the wink stakes and how she ran on on the soft five. Um, in that Group 1 race. So I think it'll go the way of Adam Ozaki and Fangirl running around that top three. What about in the Group 2, the shorts? Um, Nature Strip, very impressive over at Royal Ascot, but um, you've got Eduardo, Mazu, Lost and Running, Classic Legend. Which way are you leaning? Uh, I think tomorrow could be the only day that Nature Strip will lose to perhaps Eduardo, but um, I saw him at uh, Rose Hill on Saturday when he had his track gallop and I'd seen him the week before as well and he looks fantastic because he had that trip away. He's come through in the coat already. He looks really healthy. He's relaxed. He's a lot more forward in condition than he normally would be first up. So, you know, you always get a bit nervous (laughs) going with Nature Strip first up, but if you're ever going to, tomorrow would be the day. My only query is that Eddie's got that race hard fitness. He hasn't drawn as well as Nature Strip has, so that might be the query. So I thought I found it really, really hard to split them. Um, so I thought I'd talk about a forgotten horse perhaps there in Overpass. We've seen him come out and have those two bomb trials. So um, he's obviously looking for a slot, and I think Bjorn will have him pretty wound up and ready to go um, first up. So at 18 bucks, I just think looking outside Nature Strip and Eduardo, who will no doubt be the two fighting it out in the finish, I think Overpass will be on show to get a slot in the Everest. Ali, these two boys in here are studying the weather closely. Loz is nervous, <laughs> really nervous. Do you do you have a forecast for us? I've been I've been studying it as well, actually. I feel like I've become a bit of a weather freak. Um, <laughs> it's we're not meant to have any more rain, and I live about five minutes from Randwick, and I don't know that we've had as much rain as was predicted. Have you guys seen the new weather app that the ATC has? Yeah, we were looking for it this morning again, Ali. What's it called? Uh, it's the, I was just looking on their, tw- I followed it on their Twitter page, but it's the Australian, I don't know the actual link. I just went through their Twitter, but if you go on their Twitter and follow the link through, it shows you the wind direction and how much rain they've had in the last 
30 minutes, 24 hours. What the, they've got um, the going stick and the penetrometer now, which just probably confuses mostly everyone, including myself, because they go opposite ways technically. So with the going stick, I think the higher the number, the heavier the track is and the peno the other way around. Sorry, the other way around. The peno, the higher the number, the heavier the track is and the going stick is the other way around. So it's very confusing. But they've got all the information there for you that you can have a look at. And I think... So we're still playing in that soft drive range um, when I looked this morning and most of our rain is now gone. We've got a sunny day ahead. So I am positive that we'll be staying in the soft range and who knows, maybe we'll even get an upgrade tomorrow. How do I make some money, Ali, tomorrow? What's your best? <laughs> it's Benno. Um, I love this little guy. I feel like I would be disloyal if I jumped off him um, now, particularly the, the super runs he's had so far. So Benno was the 55 in the Kingston town. Uh, and then I just wanted, there's another one I like, and I, I don't normally go in the highways, but we did with Opal Ridge a couple of weeks ago. So this is a this is a bit of a throw at the stumps too. Um, a horse called Solire for Cam Crockett in the first, I think he's paying about 23 bucks, uh, placed at Landwick last time. He just settled really well. He's a bit of a barrier road, but it had the barrier blanket on, and he did everything right last time. So he ran third actually behind Opal Ridge in the highway a couple of weeks ago on a heavy track. We're in the soft range tomorrow. He's had some um, good wins on soft tracks and he goes from 1,200 back to 1,000 and I just think he could be really competitive to Lire in the highway. Just call this up now, Ali. Um, you go to australianturfclub.com.au and you search for weather in there and yet yeah, up it comes. The live meteorological data, the it's track cool. rating currently soft, but on the, uh, the colours, it's more closer to good than, uh, than the soft and heavy range, Loz, which is positive for you. Well, that's positive for Zoo Gotcha, but Ali mentioned Bar Zoo. You think he goes better on the, the drier surface, do you, Ali? No, on the, on the, probably on the wetter surface. Oh, the wetter uh, surface, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, what we saw last prep, but I mean, he's versatile, so I guess that's the beauty of him. I just think we saw him on so many heavy tracks in Sydney last prep that it probably was a bit deceptive. So I've, I've just got to watch on him. And there's so, like that in the shorts, you know, there's so many you've got to watch on. Costique, everyone wants to know if he's come back. Marzu sort of is maybe the still a question mark over him. That's why I just think Overpass will be really wound up, um, you know, because he wants that spot. All right, Ali. And, of course, we'll see you with the team on Sky Thoroughbred Central tomorrow. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, guys.